Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is, once again, the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Well, today we're going to be discussing the contenders for best comedy series, won last year by Ted Lasso, which is once again eligible. Uh, But we're going to talk about all of that. And you're going to hear part of my conversation with the cast and uh, producer uh, and director of a harrowing movie called The Survivor that appeared on HBO is eligible for outstanding TV movie this year. Uh, Barry Levinson, the amazing talent and Oscar winner behind that. And uh, wow, all I can say. Yeah. Ben Foster, extraordinary performance. You'll hear about that in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk the complete opposite. We're going to talk laughs, comedy, jokes, all of that. Best comedy series, Dominic. And we're going to be incredibly dour about it. <laughs> um, I mean, talk about plethora of riches. Talk about plethora of riches. You know, I will first of all just give a broadcast shout out because broadcast does have a contender. They do have skin in this game here with the wonderful debut series, debut season of Abbott Elementary, which was just amazing. Blah, 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 hyperbole, hyperbole, all of which it deserves because it was a fresh voice. It was a fresh take. And it was something that actually made broadcast television comedy seem amazingly relevant again. So before we get into anything, Abbott, Elementary is at the one of the top of the top three, I'd say, of the 10 that are going to get nominated in this category. It's a bingo. Well, you know, Abbott Elementary is on ABC. Let's talk about the other network television comedy series that likely will be nominated here. There are 10 slots. It's been nominated every year. Blackish is final season, your final chance, Academy members to give this something other than the lone Emmy it has won over eight years, best hairstyling. Wow. So let's let's look at this show, which has dealt with, just like Dominic was saying, Abbott uh, Elementary deals with, dealt with real issues, real world issues as they affect this family, a black family here. And it has been, I think, pretty damn exceptional during that whole time. They yes. just continue to go, it's an important, show for network television to have that on there too to have uh the diversity that it offers but it doesn't uh you know put it in your face it's just there it's real and it's a show that um i think because it's so publicized as its final if we've seen the finale that it's got a good shot of making this list of one last time and you know i mean different category than one we're discussing today but do not do not leave out performances by Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross for that they have done over years and years and years. I believe the time for recognition has arrived, my friends. Yeah, well, you're right. I, you know, I, I, think, I do think uh, you're right. I think Blackish is definitely also in the top 10 here. It should be. I, I think it will be. And if it's not, I actually that, that's one of those ones where I think the Academy, the TV Academy would have to have a really hard rethink yeah. because this is a show that deserves a nomination. This is a show that deserves the recognition and the uh, acknowledgement of what it did over the years, and also how well it did it. You know, exactly. we, we shouldn't you know, we shouldn't tell these shows like, oh, you're you're very you have meaningful topics that you talk about. That's great. Let's clear you in. No, Blackish had meaningful topics that it talked about incredibly well with yeah. smart performances, with good ideas, and then 
butted heads with Disney on more than one occasion, and yet ultimately cracked through the, the barriers that were placed in front of it. So, yeah. you know, if that that's literally the definition of winning, in my opinion. Exactly. So, and that, and that show on. you're referring to, that episode you're referring to, that was uh, not aired uh, yeah. on ABC, is airing on Hulu. Where yeah, they brought, they brought it back. Series. Yeah. Almost two, almost two years ago now. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, there, there's some like that. I okay, mean, I, so I will say though, let's let's talk. Let's kind of get get ourselves on the pitch, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, let's get this out of the way right now. <laughs> Ted Lasso is it going to win? I, God, you know what? Well, you're I, kind I, of I saying voted, yes. I, I saying. vote here. I'm not going to vote for Ted Lasso. I think it's one too much already. It it it's it's won everything. It's fine. I like the show, but give it to something else. And if I have my druthers here. Last year you saw, and I voted for it in writing, and uh, you know I'm not in the director's branch, but I'm in writing, and I voted for it, and it actually won, uh, is Hacks. And that yeah. was right out of the gate. And I tell you, season two is even better. This show is so well done. Uh, it's extraordinary. And uh, so I think Hacks could, you know, looks like it has a level of momentum where it could even top Ted Lasso, which I have to say, is definitely the front runner. People love Ted Lasso as well. They should. There's no question. But I just say spread the wealth around a little bit here. Spread well, and I also I also think too though in that you know we put a lot of emphasis as we did in our previous podcast um, last week. You know, talking about drama, drama, a lot of spotlight, what have you. I think in many ways this year the comedy category is more interesting. I mean. Because if you look at the the breadth and the depth of it, you've got Ted Lasso, you've got Blackish, you've got Abbott Elementary, you've got Atlanta, you've got The Great, you've got the final, final season delayed by the pandemic of Grace and Frankie, you've got Barry, and you've got Murders in the Building. I mean, I those love are some show. heavy, heavy hitters. And then you've got like, you know, you've got Larry David's always there with Curb Your Enthusiasm, and there's some others. I really think that there is going to be there's going to be some sharp elbows and brass knuckles are out there in Lapland on these ones. Oh man, you just mentioned the show that I I almost forgot. Curb Your Enthusiasm has been going for what, 11 years, 12 years? I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so consistent. And, you know, it seems not to get its due here either. And I would put that way up there. I met, I know I mentioned Hacks. I love Hacks and so much. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm just as much. You are, you are, are, you are solid HBO, team HBO. I, I, I just said that. It turns out both are HBO, HBO yes. Max, however you want to label it here. But I really do like that show. You also mentioned Grace and Frankie. Another case we've been talking about, we talked about last week when we did drama series about This Is Us, It's Your Last Chance. Well, this is your last chance for Grace and Frankie, which has been a very consistently good and consistently ignored series in this category. Yeah. Um, all seven, all six seasons, and now it's the seventh and final. Will they go there? Uh, finally recognize that show? I mean, the show has picked up nominations in many different categories, but it's never really gotten, the, it's never gotten the big one here. But talking about the big one, the big dog, I think we have to talk about Reservation Dogs. I okay. think Reservation Dogs proved one of the most acclaimed um, shows of the last year, had a spectacular debut that picked up all sorts of, um, all sorts of acknowledgement, uh, notoriety, and also 
uniqueness. And that's something that you often don't see on the small screen. I see people try to do it. This year, you really see it among some of the potential contenders. But I think Reservation Dogs, I think that F FX Reservation Dogs, I think Reservation Dogs is the one to beat. Okay, I think they, so they own the front runner status right now. They're clearly, they're in, in, in my understanding, is almost finished production on their second season. Um, I think their first season is going to make it very, very competitive. Okay, now let's look at first seasons last year that made it into the Emmy nominations and uh, are now in, uh, well, actually Cobra Kai was in its third season uh, yeah. when it finally got nominated, but it had moved to Netflix. So I consider that its first in a weird way for the Emmy voters because they don't know how to get YouTube. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Uh, I, love, Kai, I love the literally ignorance is bliss. Movie. Yes. <laughs> Cobra Kai, The Flight Attendant, and Emily in Paris were all nominated for their first year. Do any of them get back in? I mean, maybe. I mean, look, I mean, this is, a, <laughs> this is at best an art, not a science, clearly, right? Um, as a former member of the TV Academy and you're a current member of the TV Academy, you can play with these tea leaves a lot. I just didn't think there was really much it, terrible cliche, but in, for the lack of a better term, there wasn't much heat behind those seasons. Right. I, I you know, I just noticed uh, on deadline uh, this week that uh, our last week, actually, uh, where uh, Kelly Cuoco was intimating that flight attendant ain't going to go beyond two years. Uh, yeah. this, this Maybe that's a ploy to uh, tell TV Academy people, hey, I'm not going to be around uh, for any more uh, glory here at the Emmy. So why not uh, remember this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that made a big splash uh, in its first year there. So I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, there's another first time show that uh, reflects a big Emmy winning show of the past. And that's and just like that, the Sex and the City spinoff uh, on HBO, which I don't think is going to make the list. Okay. I don't think so either. I, I think that show, look, clearly Sex and the City fans aging like all of us, they're, 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 they're strong, my friend. They're solid. But I don't, I think ultimately this revival of sorts had issues. Obviously, the Chris Noth situation with the accusations against him. I also think it, it, it was heavy handed. Um, I think it tried to fill, it tried to put a lot of it tried to deal with a lot of issues and then kind of reverted back to its, its, its 1990s heyday at the same time, even though it was trying to break away from that. And ultimately, I think that was unsuccessful. Um, right. And I think, look, I think they navigated the absence of Kim Cattrall rather wisely, again, heavy handedly, clearly basically begging her on screen to show up. Um, <laughs> but I think that I, I think that it is it's, it's forgotten. You know, this is something that I think is real, unlike movies who it's pretty straightforward even a streaming age you go like look you bring a movie out in january it's really hard come the end of the year december for or even january of the next year for oscar voters to even remember that movie was out there it's right. very hard it's a strategic move if you've got a little bit of sundance heat behind you and you build throughout the year maybe that can get it for you aka coda sure well, totally but that's a rare beast. TV is a little different because uh, because of streaming, because everyone now eventually ends up on streaming, some faster than others, et cetera, et cetera. But 
the Sex and the City sequel, I guess one would call it, just seemed to kind of happen and then end. And then it had no, there was no blast radius beyond the Chris Noth scandals that really kept it going. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, before we uh, stop our conversation on comedy, mention heavyweights coming back into the race here. Barry, which has been off for a couple of years, yeah. uh, is actually very good in this. I mean, Barry show. came back, I mean, no cliche. I mean, if you know the show, I'm about to drop a cliche on you. Barry came back with a bang. I mean, yeah. really, really <laughs> came back with a bang. <laughs> and and it, it's going, to, it, it's going to be hard to ignore either Bill or Henry in this one. I um, think it. I think it's back. I think it's back in this race. Uh, what about Mr. I, the one I want to ask you about? And look, I have a personal. I'm just going to throw this one in because okay, you know, if you All have right. a favorite, you get to talk about it because it's our podcast, not yours. I really want the great to have a great year. Yes. I love that show. It's, show. it's the rise of Catherine the Great. It's Russia, maybe a little uncomfortable based on some geopolitical events in real life right now, but in fact, timely and informative in other ways. And great performances, great script. And it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. Oh, However, we have here's that. the one I'm interested in from your point of view. Yeah. Murders in the Building. Yeah, I love Murders in the Building. I, I am not a big fan of that show, but I see a lot of Emmy potential. To me, it's like a candidate who I could tell you all the flaws in them, but I also see what their appeal is. And okay. I think Murders in the Building has like a trifecta of appeal. And like Better Call Saul, it is going to be airing its second season as the current Emmy voting uh, for the finals. It, it starts June 28th. But uh, nevertheless, it's going to have visibility for those people. So it, it gets a double whammy here. And I do think that shows uh, exceptionally well. And who doesn't love Steve Martin, Martin Short, you know, and Selena Gomez, all of them here. They're, they're terrific. Do you think, Mrs. Maisel, are we a little tired of that at this point here? Uh, yes. You know? I think, look, I, I think in, a, in another year, maybe there would have been potential here, but I think it has, it's run its course and it's got, it's got some really stiff competition, really stiff competition. I mean, you can't, if you've got to fill 10 slots, boom, I can fill them right away. It could be like a jury and I can have alternates if I want, you know, like it's already happened here. So I think that that's, that's something that's very, very strong. You mentioned about Murders in the Building. Of course, Murders in the Building were part of our Contenders TV event. Yes. As was something else that you're going to tell, tell us a little I'm bit about gonna right I'm going to uh, share with you part of my conversation with Barry Levinson and Ben Foster, the star of Survivor, the Survivor, a true story, boy, uh, of uh, Henry Haft, Harry Haft, uh, who... Um, fought to stay alive in the concentration camps in Nazi uh, Germany. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, it, it's harrowing, it's all true. It actually was at the Toronto Film Festival a year ago, which is where I saw and reviewed it thinking it was going to be a theatrical release. HBO swooped in, picked it up, and now suddenly it is a major contender in the outstanding television movie category and it is something you won't forget listen to my conversation on the survivor ben when you look at that i mean what what you went through to do this amazing performance to you 
you lost 60 pounds, you put on 60 pounds, you, you did all this physical transformation. Uh, what was the most challenging thing of taking on the, the life of Harry Haft here? It's, it's a learning curve. In, in a very short while, we, we won't have those that have survived on the planet, uh, but their children are, um, are still here, wanting to be in service of that. The weight loss uh, was personal. It was personal for me. When you see the documentary footage, when you see images of the Holocaust, uh, you can't just walk in and be like, well, I lost 15 pounds. And, it was a it was a personal decision that I wanted for myself to see how far I could drop and still be able to fight. Wow, that's amazing! And when you were making the movie, I, I believe at one point you said we can do this with a little bit of cinema trickery or something. And he said, "Absolutely not! You got the wrong actor if that's what you're looking for." Yeah. Now we were having a conversation and. Uh, you know, about that, because, I mean, to be able to lose 60 pounds is quite extraordinary. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, Ben, uh, we, his first film, you know, we, I used him in a film called Liberty Heights. That was his first film. So here it's not 20 years later. And, and he's such a committed actor that, you know, he really wants to get to uh, as much honesty to a character as humanly possible. Wow. Um you know, what was it like, uh, in those boxing scenes, though? Uh, you work with a trainer, and, you know, how did you develop that to be so uh, authentic here in, in those scenes? Uh, it's contact work. <laughs> you know, um, uh, the sweet science, uh, it's a joy to, I mean, that's one of the joys of the job is, you know, you get to speak with people far more intelligent and, and experienced in things than you are, and uh, the style of fighting within the camps, of course, is different than the style that we'll see later with Marciano. Uh, when you walk onto a set, what they built, it was 360 degrees of a camp, and it was very easy to get lost in the nightmare. Yeah. Did you have contact with uh, the family of Harry Haft here in, in developing this? Well, it was based on the book that the son wrote. And uh, that was the beginning of it. And then we had you know, subsequent conversations or texting back and forth. To, if you'd say, what happened if this or that or whatever, to, <clears throat> to get as close to it as possible. And uh, you know, um, I, I, it, somehow you feel that you have an obligation to, one, you have to be able to engage an audience. But at the same time, you don't want to suddenly uh, just go off and do a makeup movie. So, I mean, that initial, all of that information was extremely important to give credibility. You know, what was so important, I thought, in this film, too, was when searching for the love of his life, that he doesn't know if he's going to find or what he's going to do, but it becomes an obsession, you know, which I think was so important in telling his story here. Well, it is. I mean, I know it's hard to say. And at the same time, <clears throat> that which you see, it's also has a romantic you know, a thread that runs through it. You're not going to gather that from that scene. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that, that was his search. And the only reason he ever fought was to get attention that if it's in the paper, that if she, his girlfriend, survived, that she might, you know, find him. So that was his motivation. It wasn't that he wanted to be a great fighter. It was all to try to reconnect with 
what he believed as a, as a young man was the love of his life. That was, that's so remarkable that he would do that with that idea in mind, which is a great idea, actually, because how else, you know? Yeah. There's no texting, no internet in those days to find yeah. someone, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in the research that we, we did, we worked closely with the Shoah Foundation, and they opened up their library to us, and we were able to listen to testimony after testimony after testimony. It wasn't just Harry's. We, we wanted to saturate ourselves in the stories of. And the continuity that, I, that really touched me, I mean, it marks you. But something that I noticed throughout were, were, were those that survived, they often spoke about hope to see a loved one again. We'll get them through another five minutes, another day. And that light, that potential, helped them survive. Well, that was a great chat, Pete. That was, that was, look, Barry Levinson, you've already got half the room involved right away. <laughs> so thank you for letting us have a clip of the survivor. And thank you to you guys for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. I say it every week, and I know that you guys listen because you sign up every week. Our subscribers are growing, and we really appreciate that. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode, which I'm going to tell you, it's essential listening this Emmy season. And, of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news at Deadline.com. Thank you for joining us, as always. Talk to you soon.